Welcome to the Bermagui Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Here you'll find the recording of messages from our weekly gatherings. We pray you'll be challenged and encouraged by today's message. I love the idea of raising kids to, to pray and to believe that prayer is effective and prayer is powerful. So what I'm speaking about today, just need to grab my notes, is prayer. And so I wanted to, I guess, bring this teaching and this, this what's, what's been laid upon my heart first before we just, just spend some time in prayer together as a church. So to sort of introduce this, I just want to just bring some shape to it, I guess. So the, the art of communication, the fact that we can verbalize to each other and have you know, complex conversation, you know, relaying thought and concept and, and imagination and, and all that sort of thing you know, is, is really one of the defining factors of what it means to be human. It's one of the, it's one of the factors that separate us from the animal kingdom. Um, in a little article I was, I was reading about this, it says, yeah, the human language can arrange words into an infinite number of ideas, sometimes referred to as discrete infinity. I love that, you know, the, the, the fact that our language and our ability to speak has, in that sense, infinite possibilities. But animals only, only have a limited number of combinations that they can use to communicate. So this God-given capacity is a reflection of himself, you know, we are made in his image. We are made in his likeness. So this tells us that he is a God who can and does communicate with infinite complexity and infinite possibilities. He is a God who delights in the voices of his children. Even though he can hear millions of us at once. You know, I was thinking about this and I'm not sure if you're familiar with the movie of Bruce Almighty. Where this character decides, you know, I reckon I could do a better job than you, God. And so God says, all right. Here you go, you can take my job for a couple of days. And one of the scenes is he keeps hearing all these voices and he can't get them out of his head because it's all the prayers of the, 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 the people of the world. And there's this line where he says, how, how, do you, how do you handle that? And God just goes, well, I, I listen to each one. And I love that we serve a God that, you know, yes, there's millions of us around the globe praying to him, petitioning to him, calling to him. And he gives each of us such attention, such focus, you know, more than we could even offer our most loved ones. That's how great our God is. So a question, just to reflect on, is, you know, what is it about hearing our children say mum or dad for the first time that brings us such excitement and joy? If you can think back to that point where you you held your little child and, you know, they were starting to verbalise a little bit and you were just waiting, you were anticipating for them to say, Dad, Mum, get those first sounds out to, to identify you as their caregiver, as their, as, as their parent. I don't know, for, for, for me, it was a little while ago now, but you know, there was, there was just such an excitement. <laughs> a bit further for some of you. But, but do you recall that excitement? Do you recall that joy of just hearing your child call to you for that first time? I reckon that's what the Father in Heaven is like when people do just turn to Him and start to call out, God, Father, Saviour. And to verbalise things has such power. 
to speak out loud our thoughts, our dreams, our doubts, our fears, our joys, our pains, especially to someone else. It just adds such depth to a relationship, doesn't it? You know, those close friends, our, our, our partners, our loved ones, when we start to just share hard and share those deeper things, it's, it brings a connection that you can't just manufacture. It's not just something that just happens. It happens through communication. It happens through dialogue, through sharing word with each other. It exposes our inner thoughts, not only to those listening, but to ourselves as well. You know, to speak out loud gives our thoughts and emotion almost a life on their own. It almost creates a separation, which at times you know, can be empowering and frightening at the same time. I don't know about you, but sometimes we do shy away from speaking things out because we know they might just awaken memory, awaken things that were painful maybe. Yet when we do, it creates a separation. It almost empowers us to go, well, yeah, this is what happened. And that's why, you know, when, when we're supporting people through hard things, for them to be able to verbalize and speak them out, there is a power in that because it just it creates a separation. It's now spoken word. It's not just internal anguish. I know about you, but I'm, I'm one of these people. I'm putting my hands up for this one. Are you a person who learns more about yourself when you say things out loud, especially with someone else? Are you one of these people that, you know, you'll be discussing a, an issue or a problem with someone and they may not even necessarily say anything, but in the process of you saying things, you realize, oh, well, that's why it happened that way or that's the answer to my, my concern. Purely because you've verbalized it. You've started to, to flesh it out in word. Is anyone here like that? <laughs> a little bit? So today, as I said, I'm not, I'm not just talking about verbal communication. It's a big part of what we're talking about, but we're talking about prayer. And prayer is, you know, such a, a common thing, such a, um, a foundational thing when it comes to people speaking about religion, speaking about um, any sort of faith. You know, you sort of say, you know, if you ask someone to, to define what a religion is or what a faith was, they would probably use prayer somewhere in there. You know, it's, it's praying to their deity, praying to, to, to something. It's really quite central. I'm just going to pause there for a quick second because I've got a PowerPoint with all the verses and stuff so everyone can follow along. So what I wanted to start with, as I've said before, I enjoy quotes and things like that. So these are a few quotes that I found about prayer. You know, men may spur our appeals, reject our message, oppose our arguments, despise our persons, but they are helpless against our prayers. Yeah. Isn't that so true? You know, there might be loved ones out there where, they, where they've almost said outright, don't pray for me. But i tell you what, I reckon that's one you can ignore. <laughs> Keep praying for them. Keep just believing and calling out to God on their behalf. Love this one from Martin Luther. Work, work from morning until late at night. In fact, I have so much work to do that I shall have to spend the first three hours in prayer. I've actually experienced that. I've had days where I've had big lists of to-dos. 
and I've had two days I could compare where I've had two days the same. And the first day I just tried to get into it from the get-go, try to tick off this list. And no matter how hard I tried, it just seemed to just things came in the way or there's, I got distracted or whatever. And I just didn't get through it. But then the next day I, I stop, I spend some time in his word, I spend some time in prayer and just sort of start my day right. And all of a sudden that list just gets done. There's something about prayer that just gears us for the day ahead. And this, this next one I thought was just a nice one. If your day is hemmed in with prayer, it is less likely to come unraveled. So even though this is something, you know, it's talked about every service in church, really. I reckon you couldn't go to a church service where they wouldn't mention prayer. But is it just something we do? Is it just a religious act? Is it just another right that gets passed down from generation to generation? Or is there something deeply unique and intimate about prayer? Is it something that we should, that we should not only do, but we must do? Is it something that actually is essential to our very lives, our identities, our relationships and our faith journey? So today, I just want to offer just a few thoughts it's not a complete teaching. The fact is this, is, this is something you could teach on for weeks and weeks and weeks if you really wanted to. But hopefully today is enough to whet your appetite. Enough to equip you that little bit more to sort of go, yeah, yeah, prayer is important. My prayer life is important. And it can be enough to sort of spur you on to just dig in that little bit more. So prayer, what is it? Now, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18 says, Always be thankful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Now, it's a pretty, pretty distinct little statement there. You know, be joyful, be thankful, always pray. So prayer is communication with God. In its simplicity, it really is talking to God and listening to God. And I think one of the most critical aspects that gets forgotten sometimes when people speak about prayer and talk about, well, yeah, I pray, I pray, is the listening. Prayer is dialogue. It's not monologue. When prayer becomes monologue, it does just become a, a religious rite. It just becomes, you know, stepping up to the plate to, 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 to say your little spiel and then get on with your, your world. But when we make prayer a dialogue, when we actually sit and just spend some time to listen to God as well, to dialogue with Him, to, to just sort of offer our prayers, to offer what's, what's laying on our hearts and our minds, but then just to sit in His presence and be still in His presence and hear what He's got to say. Because the fact is, having dialogue with someone builds relationship. And this faith walk, this faith journey we're on is is about building relationship. It's not about just ticking the box. It's not about just sort of saying, yeah, I showed up to church and, and did my right thing. No, it's about building relationship with Father God. And we do that through dialogue. And we know with our earthly relationships, you know, the more we dialogue, the deeper that relationship gets. We get to know each other. You get to, to learn more about each other. You, you learn each other's nuances and things like that. So with God, it is slightly different because he already knows us, doesn't he? He knows us intimately. That's what these next two verses I sort of wanted to highlight. Yeah, Matthew 10.30 says, yeah, that he knows the very number of hairs on our heads. 
Some of us more than others. <laughs> but I love that. I remember as a kid hearing that, just going, really? Really? How does he know? Oh, there's, there's so much there, or used to be. <laughs> How would he know? How would he know the very number of hairs on my head? I remember you know, in Sunday schools and things like that, it was always the joke of, well, you know, what's the number now? You pull out one. <laughs> and in Matthew 6, when Jesus was talking about prayer, he says this amazing line. He says, don't be like them, talking about how the heathens were praying. For your father knows exactly what you need, even before you ask. He knows exactly what you need, even before you ask. So it brings us to our next sort of point of why. So if he knows exactly what we need to ask, why? If God is all-knowing and already knows what we're going to say, why do we need to pray? And the reason is, is that as we pray, we, it aligns our thoughts, it aligns our spirit to Him. It just gets us in the right headspace to, to hear His voice and to, to feel His leading, to know His presence and to know His voice. And so as I said, you know, he knows us. He knows us intimately. So prayer is about us getting to know him. It's for our benefit. I love this verse in Jeremiah 33. Call to me and I will answer you and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. And, you know, you could take that to the, to the end degrees of, you know, the gift of prophecy and things like that, where people have been given words about coming events and things like that. But even just on, a, on the most intimate personal level, where you're praying just through an issue, through a problem, or you're just, oh, I'm just not sure, God, about this. I'm not sure how to deal with this, this scenario in my life. And all of a sudden you get this seed of input from the Spirit of God. that just seems to come out of nowhere. Yeah, that's God just revealing the unknown, revealing, no, this is, this is something you need right now. So prayer aligns us to God and His will. And the more time we spend in His presence, listening, seeking, reading His word, the more in tune we will become with His spirit. And we want our prayers to be effective. We want our prayers to be, be powerful. Now, James 5.16, this is a, a verse that gets put up really regularly, I guess, when people speak on prayer. It says, confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. So let's break this down quickly. You know, earnest. What is an earnest prayer? It means a heartfelt, devoted, passionate, urgent petition. You know, let your prayers be... You know, Give them energy. Don't just let it just be, oh, well, Lord, thank you for today and thank you for my food. And, you know, no, what's, what's really upon your heart? What's really upon your mind? What's, what's those things that just concern you? Call them out to God. Lay them at His feet. Let's be people that pray earnestly. And the prayer of a righteous person. What is a righteous person? It's a person who has right standing, right relationship with God. Someone who understands and desires God's will. 
You know, the more we walk the path of righteousness, the more we start to live according to what Scripture tells us, we align ourselves to God and we walk in right relationship. And when we do that, we start to understand His will and we pray according to that. And when that happens, of course, because we're praying according to His will, according to God's plan and His desires, what happens? Great power and produces wonderful results. So it's not the person producing these great results. It's got nothing to do with us. It's got to do with praying and speaking according to His will. We must never get deluded or deceived into thinking that we have the power. You know, all too often people that, you know, and sadly there's so many there's testimonies of people that have, God's gifted them with amazing healing ministries or prophetic ministries and things like that. But the enemy's got in there and let it get to their head and they feel that they've got the power. And they start to step out of what God's actually willing them to do and intending them to do. The power is and never will be ours, but we can be conduits of the power of God. We can allow it to flow through us as we pray in faith in line with his will for ourselves, for our church, and for those around us. So prayer is tapping into the resources of heaven. We are limited in our own personal earthly resources, but prayer opens the door to the resources of the Father, the unlimited, infinite resources, the more than, the more than enough. Now God, God's got an answer. He does. For everything that this world could ever throw at us, for everything that, that could be going on in your own personal world, God has got resources to address it. And we've just got to pray in faith according to his will for that. We must put into this together. This verse just popped up and I thought it just says it so clearly. Seek the Lord. This is 1 Chronicles 16.11. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Seek his presence. As I said, this is more than just you know, having your little prayers written down and just reciting them. Seek his presence. Just sit and wait till you just feel flooded with his joy, with his peace, with his love. Quiet your spirit, quiet your, your soul and your mind and just dwell So I've spoken a little bit about, you know, what is prayer and why we should pray. So how? How do we pray? Just like dialogue, just like communication between humans, we learn it, don't we? It develops. You know, as kids, they have limited vocabulary. They have limited sort of ability to understand what we're saying. But as we get older, we learn more. We learn more how to to dialogue and we can have deep, complex conversations. It's the same as our prayer. We learn it, it, it develops, it, it, it evolves, if you want to call it that way. As our relationship deepens with the Father, our prayer life will deepen as well. So 1 Timothy 2.1 says this, First of all then I urge you, 
that supplications, prayers, intercessions and thanksgiving be made for all people. Here in Timothy, we see the author, Paul here, giving, I guess you could say, different descriptions, different categories of prayer. And this sort of leads us into an area where they speak about different types of prayer. So scripture doesn't really explicitly sort of say, well, these are the different types of prayers we have to have. But what we do have in scripture is examples. And so if you do a Google search of you know, types of prayer, there's, there's differing lists, if that makes sense. Yeah? There's lists of five things or six things or 12 things, depending on how people sort of describe it or use examples of other people's prayers from scripture. So for today, I grabbed one from uh, an article from Focus on the Family. So this isn't mine. I just want to sort of put that out there. But this is a list of seven types of prayers. I just want to quickly touch on these. First one, adoration. Adoration is just praising God for who he is. It's pure worship. It's just declaring the greatness of God and bringing him the glory that he deserves with our words and our thoughts. An example there, Psalm 104, you know, the Psalms really, you know, they're, they're, they're Psalms, they're song, they're poetry, but they're, they're prayer language. They're speaking to God. So Psalm 104 verse 1 says, Let all that I am praise the Lord. O Lord my God, how great you are. You are robed with honour and majesty. Yeah, great place to start. You can spend some time in prayer, just start to praise Him, start to worship Him. Just declare, God, you are great. You are mighty. You are the King of Kings. Next one, lament. Now, God wants us to bring our fears, our doubts, our despairs to Him. In 1 Peter 5 7, it's not up there, but we're told to cast our cares onto Him, to cast our worries, our anxieties onto Him. He wants to hear us, He wants to hear our heartfelt desires and needs. We need to learn to turn to God both in the highs and the lows of life, being open and honest. And the fact is, you know, there's a whole book of lament in the Bible, isn't there? Lamentations. Where the people of God are just calling out to God, going, woe is us, you know. They've been thrown out of captivity and all that sort of thing. They realise that they've just gone against God. Yeah. From chapter 5, verse 1. Lord, remember what has happened to us. See how we have been disgraced. You know, in, in the Psalms, you know, there's, there's, there's a number of Psalms where David, especially after his, fall, his, his, his downfall with Bathsheba and all that mess, I think it's Psalm 90. It's a heart call out of him just going, you know, God, I'm sorry. I've stuffed up. I'm, I'm broken. I'm, 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 I'm not right. Let that be part of your call when, when it needs to be. The third one, Thanksgiving. Again, this is just something that should always be upon our lips. Being thankful just and having gratitude just, as I've said, it gears our brain differently. I think it gears us to actually be in tune with God's Spirit in a better way. So always have be thankgiving. Always have thanksgiving upon our heart. Giving thanks to God for what He has done. This is from Mary's prayer, Luke 1, 
47 to 48. How my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. You know, when Mary, when Mary heard, you know, what the angel said to her, this was her prayer. You know, God, thank you. Thank you. The next one. Petition or intercession. You know, some, some of these prayer lists in the sense of types split this or keep it together. Yeah, petition is just laying our needs before him. And intercessions is similar, but some lists sort of break, split this in half. So saying, yeah, petition is for our sake, asking God for our needs. So God, yeah, got this bill coming up. Not sure where the money's going to come from. Lord, please just help me figure out the finances. Help the, help, help the money be there when the time comes. Asking for our needs. Intercession, though, is actually laying others before ourselves. Intercession, yeah, and there's, there's lots of teaching on what intercession is, and there's, there's a whole realm of, I guess, what we call intercessory prayer. But it really is petitioning on behalf of others, petitioning on behalf of communities, nations, individuals. So 1 Timothy 2 to 4 says, you know, pray this way for kings and for all who are in authority, so that we can live peacefully and quiet lives, marked by godliness and dignity. Yeah, that's why it's good reason. And you know, quite often I know in our prayer time we, we lift up our leaders now, our politicians and things like that. We need to pray for them. This is good and pleases God our Saviour, who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. The next one. We'll keep sort of ducking through these pretty quickly. Deliverance. You can even tag into this, I guess, area of prayer, you know, spiritual warfare. Really just digging into the, the spiritual realm. So deliverance is prayers, similar to petition, but they request to God to save us from difficult situations or even dangerous situations. You know, these can be physical things. You know, we could you know, be praying and interceding on behalf of uh, Israel during these conflicts and things like that, sort of petitioning, yeah, God, bring, bring relief to, to, to these wars and things like that. But it can also be spiritual matters. Praying against you know, spiritual oppression in people's lives. And that's where you know, it starts to tap into you know, spiritual warfare and, and that, that deliverance ministry that happens and you know, is very effective in people's worlds. Jonah chapter 2. You know, he was asking for deliverance, wasn't he? From the belly of the whale. I cry out to you, my God, in my great trouble. And he answered me. I called to you from the land of the dead. And Lord, you heard me. Yeah, he thought he was good as dead, but he called for deliverance. Number six, contrition or repentance. You know, it's that feeling of remorse and that desire to repent of our sin, that desire to get right with God. You know, the, the most iconic of these is what we call that sinner's prayer, isn't it? That prayer that just sort of people come to where they surrender to God and say, Lord, I give you my life. Forgive me of the sins of my life. And this is something that, you know, should be on our lips. We all know we don't get it right. We all know we, we, we fall short. And just like in a good marital relationship or a close friendship, you know, if you get something wrong, you apologize for it. You ask for forgiveness. You get that relationship back on track. It's exactly the same with God. 
Luke 18, 13, when Jesus was also giving an example of prayer, speaks about you know, one of the seemingly righteous people coming in, just boldly praying and you know, all about me. And he says, but the tax collector stood at a distance and did not even lift his eyes to heaven. He prayed instead, beating his chest in sorrow, saying, oh God, be merciful to me for I am a sinner. And in that portion of scripture, if you want to go back to it in Luke 18, you know, Jesus says that, that's the prayer that God hears. Not the prayer that's just all about me and all about how great I am. No, it's that heartfelt, that, that earnest prayer in humility and honesty. That's the prayer he likes. The last one. There's no contrition up there. Guidance. Praying for guidance. Yeah, similar to, to the deliverance prayer in the sense of saying, God, you know, please intervene in these situations, but it's sort of just saying, God, just continue to show me which steps to take, which way to go. Acknowledging that God's sovereign and that he'll have his way, but our desire is to walk according to his will. And to do that, we need to be in constant contact, constant communication with him, trusting that he'll guide us as we walk. You know, Psalm 25 says this beautifully. Show me the right path, O Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. Lead me by your truth and teach me. For you are the God who saves me. All day long I put my hope in you. Now, there's a lot to digest there, but what I'm saying is, is that with these types of prayers, it, it, it deepens our ability to communicate with God. It deepens our awareness of that we can bring everything to God. We can bring our sadness. We can bring our joys. We can bring our our brokenness and our sorrow. We can bring the needs of others. We can bring you know, situations to him in prayer. And say, God, please. And the fact is, Jesus himself summed this up really beautifully, really, in the Lord's Prayer. So to finish off, we'll look at that. This is from the NIV. So Jesus, after he spoke about you know, how to pray and what, what, what is prayer, he says, this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil one. And you'll notice in some of your Bibles, depending on your version, they won't actually have this last line, but others do add it, which is the, for yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The reason why that's an add-on in some passages is that in the old manuscripts that they've got re- uh, access to, some have it, some don't. So when they do Bible translations, some choose to omit that, others choose to add it. It's purely just choice of the translators at the time. But what I want to do is sort of show you that in that list, is majority of those things that we were speak- speaking about. You know, he starts with adoration. Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. Giving him the worship and the glory. You know, asking for guidance. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Petitioning for our needs. Give us our daily bread. Contrition. Forgive us of our debts. Forgive us of our, of our sins. And intercession on behalf of others. You know, forgive up those around us. Asking for deliverance. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then thanksgiving. Yours is the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So even in just that one example of Jesus, I was saying, this is how we should pray. 
actually highlights a lot of these things. But the fact is prayer is so personal. There's no one way to pray. I think it's as individual and as unique as you and I. So to finish off, what I want to do is just, I'm going to pray the Lord's Prayer again, but from a different translation because it, it just adds a new light. It may not be the way we usually hear it. But that's what prayer is, isn't it? It's from our perspective. And this is just one of the, one of the paraphrased Bibles called the Passion Translation. Our beloved Father, dwelling in the heavenly realms, may the glory of your name be the center on which our lives turn. Manifest your kingdom realm and cause your every purpose to be fulfilled on earth, just as it is in heaven. We acknowledge you as our provider of all we need each day. Forgive us the wrongs we have done as we ourselves release forgiveness to those who have wronged us. Rescue us every time we face tribulation and set us free from evil. For you are the king who rules with power and glory forever and ever. Amen.